As much as we try to avoid them, scams, fraud, and identity theft exist and are part of our past, present, and future. But for some odd reason, we don't really care to talk about them. I'm sure each and every one of us have had our own unfortunate personal experience or close encounter to at least one of them. I know I have. Yet, I can never quite understand why we choose to not want to talk about them until after we have fallen victim. I'm going to be honest here. We need to do better than this. Let me be clear. It's no secret that scams, fraud, and identity theft create havoc, leaving us with a financial disaster caused by the perpetrators. Yet, it is us who's left having to manage the damage. I'm sure you know that the best way to avoid falling victim to any one of them is by taking preventative measures. Let's face it, scams, fraud, and identity theft are part of the past, present, and future. This is why education is the best prevention. Welcome back to a new episode of the Consumer Toolbox. I'm your host, Milagros. Get ready because you're going to want to pay close attention and take notes. You may want to go a step further and share this episode with your loved ones, both young and old. Why? Because frosters and scammers don't discriminate against any particular age. They target anyone from children to older Americans. I'm sure you would agree with me that not a day goes by that we don't hear or read about a new scam, fraud, or some new form of identity theft. Here's the truth. Scams come to us by phone, text, and email, and when we least expect them. To make matters worse, they cost us many sleepless nights and headaches, all while we try to repair the damage done to our good name. You see, fraudsters seek anyone with a social security number, a credit card, or money. All three of these are extremely valuable to them. They make a living from robbing us of our identity and finances. Fraudsters have nothing else better to do but make it their priority to come after our personal information and finances. It's easy for any one of us to fall victim to any one of their scams if we don't stop, breathe, and take a step back to think before reacting quickly to what may seem too good to be true. Fraudsters and scammers know how to talk the talk to get us to walk the walk until we fall right into their trap. As I said earlier, we need to do better. Just like the fraudsters, we need to talk about them. The more we talk about them, the more empowered we will be in avoiding falling victim to any one of their scams. While I don't like giving them any credit, There's no denying that fraudsters know what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and who to say it to. For instance, they target the elderly most because they are the most trusting. This needs to change. We must talk to our parents and remind them not to be an open book on the telephone. Remind them to always stop, breathe, and take a step back to think when they suspect it to be a scam. Let me break it down for you just how easy it is to fall victim to a scam if we are not attentive and alert. The minute we suspect it to be a scam, we must hang up the telephone. We don't ever want to engage in a conversation with the caller. 
Let's not give them one second of our precious time of day. Just last week, a family friend, Rich, called me. He was in a state of panic, I'll be honest with you. He had just received a telephone call from someone claiming to be a lawyer representing his young grandson. He told Rich that his grandson was under arrest and the lawyer was calling asking for bail money. So Rich thought to outsmart the lawyer and ask to speak with his grandson. But here's the scary part. Rich said that the young male sounded just like his grandson, who pled with him not to tell his parents. When the lawyer told Rich that he would call him back in five minutes with instructions for depositing the money in a bank account, Rich quickly recognized that it could be a scam, hung up the phone, and called me. I'll tell you, Rich and his wife were rightfully upset. Here's another problem with telephone scam calls. The second we answer any one of their questions, they will keep calling us. Their goal is to get us to engage in conversations with them so they can then smooth their way into gaining our trust or better yet, get a better sense of our level of fear. And by the way, if they can't get us to fall into their scam, they're going to have one of their partners in crime call us and try harder. It goes without saying that fraudsters are relentless, persistent, and callous, which is why we should never feel bad about hanging up the telephone when we suspect the call to be a scam. We must remind ourselves that it's our phone, our privacy, and we're the ones who pay the bill. Oh, and when you suspect it to be a scam, don't ever call back a number left on a voicemail message. You may only be opening a can of worms. Here's another thing. As much as we want to depend on the caller ID feature on our phones, scammers are using it to their advantage. They're using spoofing devices to change the number on the caller ID to trick us into believing that it's actually a legitimate business calling us. They often change the number on their caller ID to display that of the IRS, the local police department, or the customer service number of a major bank or major credit card company. The best defense here is for us not to answer calls from numbers that are not on our contact list. Instead, we want to allow those calls to go directly to our voicemail. This way we can stop, breathe, and take a step back to think, which by the way, allows us time to screen the call. Now, let me move on to those fraudulent emails taking up unnecessary space in our inbox. The emails sent by scammers seem authentic at the very first glance, which puts us in panic mode, right? This is their intent. Their intent is to get us to panic and quickly react and fall right for the scam. But we can do better. Instead, we need to stop, breathe, and take a step back to think. Walk away from the email and go back to read it later when you are better prepared to make an informed decision based on our better judgment. Oftentimes, when we go back to read the email a second time around, we find that it has many grammatical errors or spelling errors, for instance. Even better, we should always hover the mouse over the sender's email address which will reveal that the email is fake and not from the bank, credit union, or the IRS, as we first thought, for instance. 
Instead, the email we thought to be legitimate at the very first glance is actually a malicious email from an impersonator looking to gain our trust with the intent to steal our money and identity. Let's not ever second-guess ourselves. Just delete the email. Phishing emails are sent with a hyperlink, which we don't ever want to click on. You want to avoid being redirected to a fake website that's going to steal your personal information or potentially hack your computer. By the way, here's a quote to remember. Stop and think before you click. Hey, I kind of like the way that sounds. Stop and think before you click. Okay, so moving along. Now with many of us doing most of our shopping online and expecting packages delivered to our homes, this gives scammers an even greater opportunity to take advantage of us and try to get us to fall into their scams. Here's how those scams work. Fraudsters send us a smishing text, which appears to be from a courier or well-known vendor, informing us that our package cannot be delivered or is waiting to be delivered. We then react quickly and guess what? We click on the hyperlink. Before we know it, we provide our personal information and then come to realize it after the fact. By then, we have already compromised our personal information, account, credit card number, or our electronic device. Here's another thing. We want to protect our smartphones just as we do our personal computers. I try to think of it this way. Our smartphones are a handheld computer. If you can remember that, then you're going to treat them equally the same. Just minutes before recording this podcast, my husband received a text message on his smartphone from what appeared to be a well-known courier. I'm going to tell you the truth. It looked pretty official. Thankfully, we knew better and he quickly deleted it. But here's a word of advice. If you're expecting a package to be delivered and you receive a suspicious text, I suggest you log onto your account to safely track the package that way instead of clicking on a link that may be fraudulent. Hackers and fraudsters have taken the pandemic to higher levels by filing thousands of fraudulent unemployment benefit claims. Last month, the Federal Trade Commission reported that Americans have lost over $145 million to coronavirus-related scams. If you really want to know the truth, this is a form of identity theft. Why? Because someone fraudulently used another person's social security number to make a fake claim. This is quite concerning to me. What other personal information do perpetrators have from the thousands of data breaches that have left us all so very vulnerable? If you've been the recent victim of the unemployment benefit scam, then you need to manage the damage. You must file a police report with your local law enforcement, even if you don't know who the perpetrator is or how your information was obtained. You also need to file a complaint with your state attorney general's office, the Federal Trade Commission, and with your state unemployment office. If you haven't already done so, you're going to want to request a copy of your three credit reports, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. You can get all three from annualcreditreport.com. You need to do this to make sure that the perpetrator hasn't opened any new accounts in your name. 
One more thing, be sure to place a fraud alert on your credit files, or better yet, freeze all three of them. And, and finally, you want to remain vigilant indefinitely. You never know when they're going to target you again. So I hope by now you have a better understanding why it is so important that we stay alert and informed. We need to be better at openly talking about scams, fraud, and identity theft, and we need to involve our older parents and young children as well. Please, let's make it part of our daily conversations. Let's do better at sharing our new knowledge with others and, and be better at protecting our personal and financial information. Remember that education is the best prevention because scams, fraud, and identity theft are part of the past, present, and future. But for now, I say to you, stay safe, be well, and be sure to stay well informed. Until next time.